Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast on arsblog.oleole.com. We have got so much coming up on this show that I can't fit it in to this bit at the start. I promise you. Loads. Uh, so stand by and I'll tell you all about it after this. So hello and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast right here on arsblog.oleole.com. I wasn't lying there in that first bit. You know, it, it really is a very, very action-packed show. Coming up between now and the final whistle, so to speak, uh, we'll have the Mug Smasher. He's in to talk about the game against the Mug Smashers, as well as his thoughts on Arsenal and Liverpool so far this season. Nigel Phillips from the AST, that's the Arsenal Supporters Trust, he'll be with us uh, to talk about all that's been going on in the boardroom. Lady Nina is gone. She is out of the lockdown agreement. What is going to happen to her shares? Why did it happen? Uh, many questions. I will try and get to the bottom of some of them, at least. We'll have uh, some Christmas messages. We've got some news. Amari Bischoff PI is in there as well. Uh, the man in the bar We'll have a song for you a bit later on. <clears throat> and uh, we will have the winner of our Savile Rogue Scarf from last week and a chance for you to win a Savile Rogue Scarf this week as well. So it really is a lot to get through. And it's because, of course, next week there won't be an Arsecast because next Thursday is Christmas Day and uh, I'll be sitting around, you know, large with food, I think is is the phrase. Large with food and um, laden down with, with drink. Um, so uh, I don't know that we're going to have an Arsecast uh, next week. In fact, I know for a fact we're not. So let's try and make this one a value, extra special value Arsecast. Now, uh, since the last Arsecast, we were going away to Middlesbrough, a place we lost last season. We spoke about the record there being not very good. Uh, and so it continued. We drew 1-1. Having gone ahead through Emmanuel Adibayor, it had to be Jeremy Ali Adier to score the goal uh, for Middlesbrough. We did have our chances, in fairness. We had a couple of chances. Uh, but, you know, it's just a, another one of the uh, poor results this season. Um, and again, it sort of led people to question, or led me certainly to question, the expectation levels that a game against Borough uh, is one in the past that we would have expected to win, to go there, to play them uh, the way we used to play with, with power and pace and panache and, and all those kind of things that we don't have at the moment. So uh, you carry that expectation level on simply because of the stature of the club, etc., etc. But then you look at the team and maybe a 1-1 draw against Borough isn't a bad result in the context of the team and the quality of uh, certain areas of the team. So... Um, Shall we take it as a positive or, or what? I don't know. I don't know. But a disappointing result, especially when you consider that uh, all the other top four teams, uh, United, Chelsea and Liverpool, all drew 
So it would have given us uh, a chance to close the gap on all of them. We'd have been six points away from Liverpool. And if we were to beat them on Sunday, then you find yourself three points behind them. And that's just, that's nothing. Which, in fairness, it would, it's just ridiculous that we're still that close to things, given how poorly we've played this season. Maybe it's a reflection of the league. The standard is high. Arsene Wenger spoke during the week about how the, the big four is going to be a thing of the past. I don't believe that. And I, I don't believe Arsene would say that uh, if Arsene were sitting in first place. I don't think so. And I don't think the quality uh, has gone up particularly. I, I don't think having looked at us uh, lose games to Hull, for example, or Stoke or Fulham, you haven't looked at those teams and gone, well, you know what? They've actually played a really good game today, apart from maybe Hull, who really did put in a great deal of effort against us. Uh, uh, but you, you can't look at any of those teams and say, you know, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I would fancy them to go and get a result anywhere. I think it's more down to us playing really, really badly than them being in any way greatly improved, if you know what I mean. Uh, and as for what's happening to United and Chelsea and Liverpool and, and us staying in it, I just think it's a bizarre season. I think it's a one-off, an anomaly, so to speak. Uh, so I don't know that the death of the big four is, is something we should be discussing. It's something we should be uh, trying to stay in, the big four. Uh, as it stands, we're in fifth place at the moment, Aston Villa, um, are in fourth position and it looks like we're going to have a bit of a scrap on our hands uh, but I suppose depending on what happens in January and that's a whole other big bucket of phlegm that I don't really want to touch at the moment um, we could make life uh, easier for ourselves or we could find ourselves struggling and pretty much pissing in the wind uh, but again that's something we'll touch on in later Arscast because uh, let's for the moment uh, concentrate on what is going on and nothing can happen till January the 1st at the earliest and you know we're going to be sitting there on January the 24th going yeah yeah it's definitely going to happen I can feel it feel it in my waters mm, my, my waters and my corns and my bunions and, and all those things that have only developed actually over, over the course of January I think it must be all the worry and checking websites and news now to see if we've signed anyone it's giving me carbuncles so, uh, yeah, we'll leave, all, we'll leave all that for the moment. Now, uh, the big story this week was uh, the departure of Lady Nina Bracewell-Smith from the board. She was a part of the lockdown agreement. She is no longer part of that lockdown agreement. Uh, the board also welcomed Ivan Gazidis um, as a member uh, to the board of the club and to the Arsenal Holding Company. And Richard Carr, one of the board members, has stepped down but will remain a director of the club. But obviously, uh, Lady Nina has got 15.8 or 15.9% of the club. That's a very, very significant chunk. Uh, it could, in one way, guarantee... Uh, the the current board uh, holds uh, a majority shareholding in the club. If they were to make a purchase of it, they could uh, they could have a, a shareholding that that anybody else would would find impossible to match. However, however, if uh, for example Alashur Uzmanov were to come along and buy those shares, well, then he would have over forty percent of Arsenal. And over 40% of Arsenal means that uh, he would not be content with his position uh, as a substitute, which is what he is at the moment. He has 24%. He's not on the board. He's on the sidelines. He would no longer accept uh, uh, that substitute position, I don't think. Uh, now, some people might say, well, you know, if we get a new guy on board, maybe it'll be good. But I would say that the reservations that we all or most of us share about Alisher Uzmanov have not gone away simply because the team is not performing as well as we would like. 
So I think whatever objections people might have on a personal and moral level to the way that he has uh, come about his fortune and behaved since then or behaved in, you know, to get there based on what you might read. I'm just saying that just because things aren't going well on the pitch doesn't mean he becomes any more acceptable or a knight in shining armor or anything like that. That's all I'm saying. So it's a, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks I suppose or it might take uh, might take longer. It might take uh, a few days just to find out what's going to happen to her shares. Uh, so to talk a little bit more about what's happened and what might happen, uh, we welcome Nigel Phillips from the Arsenal Supporters Trust. Hi, Nigel. Hello. Uh, okay, well, uh, big things have been happening at boardroom level. Lady Nina Bracewell-Smith uh, has left the lockdown agreement. She's um, gone from the club. She can do what she wants with her shares, and it's a significant shareholding, 15.8%. Um, do we know why this happened and, and what, what the background to this move has been? Well, I think it's, uh, it's, it's another uh, chapter in the serial of events which have been going on for the last... Uh almost two years at the club in terms of the ownership. Why has it happened now, though? I think clearly there's, there's a lot of frustration between the various members there. But also, also remember that the share lockdown was put in place initially in, in April 2007 uh, when David Dean was sacked to um, provide a bit of stability in the ownership. And then it was renewed in October 2007. And I think it's probably fair to say that Lady Nina was one of the people who they were very keen to keep together to ensure that they had a a solid block of ownership which could protect it from from outside predators at that time. So why did it happen now? Um, This could have happened next April, April 2009. There's a get-out of the lockdown, providing, of course, the shares had been first offered to other members of the lockdown or permitted persons, which I assume means family and friends. So whilst we've got a situation which is uncomfortable at the moment, in four months' time, she would have been willing to sell. What's actually precipitated the, the move now? I guess there's been some sort of falling out. Over what issue, don't really know. Is it the appointment of Gazidis? Is it the marginalisation of of a person? Um, Cronky's on the board now, so he, he will have a, a vote in what's going on. And maybe she's frustrated that the price she might be able to get for these shares is significantly less than what she would have been able to get 12 or 18 months ago. So it's a combination. We will never know. We don't know why Keith Edelman really left. We've never had the full explanation of why David Dean left. So I put this in the uh, another of the Arsenal mystery categories. We can only speculate. Uh, okay. Well, it seems reasonable to suggest that Lady Nina has wanted out for some time when we. I heard the stories about Dean approaching Cronky initially that he was going to give him his shares and assurances that he could get Lady Nina's shares on board. I think that's uh, I think he's gone there with that information that she would have been willing to sell. So when all that blew up and Dean was fired, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, she still has wanted to sell all that time, but has stayed uh, as part of this lockdown agreement. Uh, like you say, perhaps it's got something to do with the history and the association with the club all down through the years. Well, I think at the time in, in April 07... She was on the verge of pressing the sell button and, for good reasons, discussed it with other members of, of the family. Don't forget that the Bracewell Smiths and the Cars have been um, connected with the club for over 70 years. And I think as soon as she 
realised the the gravitas of what she was doing, bearing in mind that the club is over 120 years old, she was going to herself deliver it into new hands. That was that was a lot to weigh on her consciousness. So she did the right thing. She's been kept in in the lockdown for the last 20 months to significant financial. Um, it's not loss because it's. Um, it's still a substantial amount of money, but there's been an impairment of value in the shares over that time period. Okay, well, I mean, now the big question is what is going to happen to her shareholding? She's not party to the lockdown agreement. She doesn't have to sell to friends or family or permitted persons or other members of the lockdown agreement. She can do pretty much what she wants with those shares. Uh, Given the departure um, was probably acrimonious in some way from what we can gather and from uh, just looking at what's what's in front of us, uh, it does seem unlikely that uh, the shares are going to go to an existing board member. Uh, if that was the case, it probably would have been done before. It raises the, the spectre of uh, Alisher Usmanov in red and white. Do we know what his intentions might be? Because this will give him a, a very, very strong grip on the club, and that's something he's wanted. He's wanted that from um, from August 07 when he bought the Dean shares, and he went on a, um, a buying frenzy for one month from August and September of last year, which is taking him to a fraction under the 25%, which is that ultimate blocking percentage that um, that he's wanted. Although the world has changed significantly in the last 12 months financially, um, there's a lot of issues going on in in Russia. There's a lot of issues going on in the commodity sector. His Most of his wealth is tied up in the steel sector. Um, if you believe the reports, his net worth, his total value has dropped by something like 80% over the last 12 months. And we're talking about billions and billions of coming off in paper value in terms of what his shares have been worth. Is he up for the fight of Arsenal? Um, he could certainly still afford buying Lady Nina's shares. Would he want to buy the whole lot? Because if he were to, to buy her almost 16%, he would have to make a mandatory bid for the club. Although, as is correctly reported, people don't have to accept that. It doesn't mean he gets it. It means he's got to make an offer to all the other shareholders. Would he be in a position to do that? Um, I, I think the world is different now, and, and I am less convinced that he is up for everything which, inv- in, which is related to involving um, owning a football club. Uh, especially given the fact that football clubs don't necessarily generate uh, the kind of profits uh, you would like. What about Cronky uh, then, for example, even though we've said, look, it's probably unlikely, uh, it's still a possibility that, that he could get involved. Well, Stan's on the board now, so um, that's got to be seen as a positive. He's inside, he sees what's going on. He's clearly had um, exposure to the new chief executive, Gazidis, via his ownership of the Colorado Rapids, so he knows what that individual's about. But I would have thought that his position on the board is more about protecting his investment and making it work. So let's get a few of the commercial deals sorted out and let's get ourselves at the top level of of commercial um, activities, so the club's in the best position to, to take advantage of, of what's available. But I think that one is, is unlikely. Where else can the shares go? Um, everyone talks about the money in the Middle East, the Arab Emirates particularly. Abu Dhabi have bought Manchester City. That is the, the richest of the seven Emirates. Um, Dubai has got its own issues at the moment, but the Mactoons are potential, would potentially be interested. Would they buy the whole thing? Who knows? 
I mean, the big dream, of course, would be she's got about 10,000 shares, would be to find 10,000 gooners with £5,000, £6,000 each, and let's have her shareholding going to 10,000 separate individuals. And that's what the Supporters Trust Share Save Scheme is designed all to be about. Um, it's still not launched. It is legally very difficult to get to where we want to be, but it would provide the stability of ownership which um, the trust was formed five years ago to create. Well, it would be interesting. All right, move towards the, the more continental model of ownership. Correct, yeah. Nigel, we better leave it there, but of course people can check out the uh, Arsenal Supporters Trust, your website, www.arsenaltrust.org. Thanks very much. Many thanks. So, uh, interesting times in the Arsenal boardroom. Thanks very much to uh, Nigel as well. Apologies for the slight lack of quality in the sound there, but that was beyond our control. Uh, Yeah, so there we go. We'll just have to wait and see what happens with Lady Nina's shares. Yeah, anyone got a spare £60 million? Or €60 million even? It's all the same these days, isn't it? Yeah. So if you do have it, Spare, you can send it to me. Uh, drop me an email, arscast at arsblog.com. I can come pick it up. You can transfer it directly to my account, and, and I will go about purchasing the shares on, on your behalf. Because, you, obviously, if you've got a spare £60 million, you must be a very busy person, earning all the rest of the money. So I shall um, invest that money wisely in Arsenal, and we can keep things uh, on the right track. I certainly wouldn't go off and, and um, misappropriate those funds. That's just not the kind of guy I am. The tagline of the site wouldn't change from um, Arse Blog, it's fucking excellent, to Arse Blog, having mojitos for breakfast uh, in a really big house somewhere warm and sunny by the sea. Promise. I really, I really do promise. Uh, we'll have our first Christmas message. Hello, this is George, just popping in to wish you all a very happy Christmas and all the best for 2009 and hope nothing too unexpected happens to you. Don't forget, if you see me out and about the place, pushing me cart with me wares, don't come over and buy something. If you say you're from Arsblog, I'll give you a special discount. And ladies, if you catch me when the mood is right, you can buy me too. Only by the half hour, though. Oh, I'm like Richard Gere, so I am. You know the one where he was that gigolo, that slut in that film? Yeah, runaway bride, that's it. Oh, God. Jesus, you wouldn't even need half an hour. Give me three minutes and I'd leave you under carpet like... Oh. Well, I prefer if there wasn't carpet. The old tile floor is my favourite. Um, perhaps a little too much information here. Not doing a very good job of selling myself. Anyhow, i best get on. You have yourselves a very happy Christmas, ladies. A Christmas message that would warm the very cockles of your heart. Still to come on this show, we'll have a Mary Bishop P.I. The Mug Smash is on the way shortly, and we'll give you a chance to win a Savile Rogue scarf, as well as telling you who won the scarf last week. Now, before we go talk to the Mug Smasher, some news. Residents of Islington are warned to be on their guard as a horde of travelling marauding scousers arrives in London on Sunday for the game between Arsenal and Liverpool. Arsenal chairman Peter Hillwood said, We're boys, people to stay indoors. Them scousers will knock you down, rob you blind, then piss in your eye socket. Then when they get caught, say, What didn't do it? Free bettons with nails in them are available from the Islington Mayor's office. Now, with the Mug Smashers game on the horizon on Sunday, and what an important game it is. 
Win it and we're still in there. Our vague, very vague title aspirations remain somewhat alive. Lose it and that puts Liverpool 11 points clear of us and, you know, that'd be pretty much it. So it's a huge game in terms of title importance and everything else this season. It's always a big game. Arsenal-Liverpool, traditionally one of the big fixtures of the season. When your brother is a Liverpool fan, it takes on that little more significance, I suppose. So uh, once again, we welcome to the Arsecast, the Mug Smasher. Hello there. Thank you. Hello there. Your thoughts on, on Liverpool this season? Are you happy with the way things are going? Um, It'd be silly if I said I wasn't. I mean, we're, too, uh, we're top of the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're into the next stages of the Champions League. But in terms of performances, uh, there's been two good Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Performances, and that's been Chelsea and United. Sounds a lot like the Arsenal uh, season, <laughs> except we're top of the league and you're not. Yes, yes, thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, we haven't lost as many games as Arsenal that's the difference. There it is, yeah. yeah. You've won more, yeah. and, and you have more points as well. Exactly, yeah. So performance-wise, uh, there are things that are left to be desired. In terms of the squad, do you expect the manager to strengthen in January? I don't know, yeah. I mean, I haven't really heard any rumblings. Um, yeah, I don't know. He, he's clearly not happy with certain players. Yeah. Um but whether he's going to go and replace them or not, who knows? He seems to have bought at every opportunity, so <laughs> it'd be silly to expect him not to now. He does seem to go off players, doesn't he? Like, he buys them and then decides, oh, yeah, I don't actually really like you very much. Maybe a touch, yeah. Ryan Babel, I think, for example. Jermaine Pennant. Yeah, but, I mean, it's hard to like Jermaine Pennant. <laughs> oh, I agree with that. I mean, everybody knows what you're talking about. But, I mean, there was the... There's a whole 20 million on Robbie Keane thing as well. Yeah, well, all those stories, who knows what's going on. Robbie Keane is, a, even Arsenal fans would admit, is a, is a good Premier League striker. Mm-hmm. His scoring record speaks um, speaks to that, but he doesn't suit our system. He can't play one up top, and he's not a winger. Yeah. Um. So there you go. Why can't we play two strikers at home? The, it is um, one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, Managers do crazy things. They do. Frustrating. We're going to play four six zero. We're going to play Torres, <laughs> right wing back. Yeah, who knows? Tor- Torres is out, isn't he? Of this game, he is. That's be- good. I'm glad. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, you, you've um, 
you've been watching the Arsenal a bit this season as well with me, and you've been listening to me go go on about it a bit. And uh, uh, do you do you fancy your chances playing this Arsenal side more than than any other you've come across in the last few years? Yes, yes, absolutely, wholeheartedly. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, totally. It's just, it's just flaky. Hmm. Too many bad players on your team. Oh, I'm not saying Liverpool are the finished article, but we're just talking about Arsenal. Yes. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of crap there. But yeah, I mean, your wingers, all of your wingers are injured. Yeah, well, we only have, well, we've three. Yeah, Rizitsky is permanently injured. Yes. Uh, and then Nasri and Walcott. So, mm. I, don't, I mean, I don't see any, any creativity outside of Sesk. And he, he's uh, maybe starting to get his game together a little bit this season, but mm. it hasn't really clicked for him. It, 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 I suppose he's carrying things a little bit as well, isn't he? Because he's got uh, he's got guys alongside him that uh, maybe aren't as well, definitely not as experienced and, and nowhere near as as good. Yes. Um, are are we possibly though? I'll throw this out to you. Um, a little bit too quick to judge certain players. For example, uh, Danielson. Has gotten quite a quite a bit of stick this season because, uh, you know, he's he's had some indifferent games. He has only just gone twenty though. He's a central midfielder. For the last little while, he's been put out on the right hand side. Um, he's struggling out there. But you know, at the start of the season, he was doing all right. He's a busy little player, a tidy little player. He gives the ball away a lot. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, more I than mean, I do actually. Yeah. You can only judge what's on the pitch. Mm. I mean, you do have a lack of, of depth in your squad, but, you know, you can only complain about the players you watch. So, Danielson plays consistently badly. Then yeah. fingers have to be pointed. I think if if every if all of your players were fit, you know, it's just Nasri, Walcott and Eduardo, yeah. then Arsenal would be a totally different team. Because with, with quality players, you can make up for the, the shite. Um, just look at Fabio, or <laughs> Herbaloa for Liverpool. He's, Herbaloa. He's, he's just not very good. Yeah. But, the know, other guy, who's the other guy that you hate, Dosena? Dosena, he's just not a footballer. He's not what we're talking about. He's got a big potato-looking head, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's the worst defender I've ever seen. Is he going to play on Sunday? Yeah, potentially, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Attack, yeah, attack down the right flank. Oh. Every, everyone does it. Every game I watch and he's playing, the opposing team attacks his flank and generally scores. Hmm. Well, I mean, the, the, the good thing, I suppose, is going to be... Uh, Dosena versus Danielson, which is like the immovable shite against the incredible Brazilian. Yes. Or something. Yeah. Uh. They, they'll get on. <laughs> Soft Christmas cards yeah, at maybe, the break. Maybe. Um, okay, but uh, Arsenal, uh, despite our, our woes and strife this season, we have, in the big games, beaten United and we've beaten Chelsea. Uh, like you said. You've beaten United and you've beaten Chelsea. Mm. Well, what score did you beat Chelsea by? 1-0. One 1-0, nil. One nil, So yeah. we scored two goals against Chelsea, so that makes us a goal better than you against Chelsea. And against United, what was that? 1-0? No. 2-1? Liverpool? Yeah. Was it? Dunno. <laughs> I think so. Well, Arsenal beat United 2-1. So that makes us a goal better against those big teams. Yeah. Which means Arsenal should get a goal head start. <laughs> the, I well, think that would be only fair. Yeah, well, work away. Jamie Carragher keeps playing the way he is. Uh, you might get one. <laughs> you forget the defence we have, or the way our defence defends, rather. True. Yeah. Bring back Peter Crouch. 
Oh yeah, that hat trick. Hmm. Mm. Giroud looks good. He does. Say, yeah, he does. I've been impressed. A proper defender. Yeah, by the looks of him, he might make mistakes because he's young, but uh, he seems to try to do the right things. Yeah, puts in the effort and gives us a bit of a, a bit of height and a bit of strength mm. in the back, rather than playing two guys, you know, your size. <laughs> Not that you're small or anything. What are you, five foot eleven? And a quarter, the police told me. <laughs> Twice the police told me that was my height. Five foot eleven and a quarter. Yes. Both times I told you it was the quarter. Yeah, in my stockinged feet. <laughs> were they thick stockings or were they those kind of thin nylon stockings? Yeah, they were office socks. Office socks. Yeah. As opposed to pop socks or sports yeah. socks. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, the quarter makes all the difference, it, doesn't it? It does to me. All right. Well, what do you think, finally? What do you think for for Sunday? Are you confident? Do you think Liverpool can win the game? I think they can. It, it's one of those games where it's not going to be a draw. Arsenal could turn up and be amazing, or Liverpool could turn up and be amazing. And I think the chances are higher that Liverpool will turn up and, and beat you. All right. I've said that in the past, and, you know, eating my words... <laughs> Well, I hope you eat them again. No, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, even though I'll see you, I'll take this opportunity to wish you a, a very happy Christmas. Cool. And, uh, and a, a, a particularly um, dreadful footballing New Year. Thank you very much. Right, Did okay. you get my present? Yeah. No, yeah. No, fuck no. you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mug Smasher, thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye-bye. So Sunday, we'll see who will conquer the fearless, brave knight of Arsenal, or the evil Lord Mugsmasher from his dark tower, going around the countryside, smashing Arsenal mugs at random, willy-nilly almost. The populace were afraid. And why wouldn't they be, when someone's going around smashing your Arsenal mug with not so much as a by-your-leave? Then why wouldn't you be nervous and anxious? So we'll see on Sunday what happens. Uh, it's a must-must win for Arsenal. Well, it's not even a must win so much as a must not lose uh, especially with Aston Villa coming up uh, as the next game as well but we'll come back to that uh, I suppose uh, a bit later on now uh, another Christmas message hello everybody this is Emmanuel Adebayor just popping in to wish everybody a very happy Christmas because it's that time of the year and everybody should be celebrating of course I can't because we have many games of football so I'll be sitting at home not eating turkey and not drinking wine and drinking champagne and then drinking more wine and then more champagne and then whiskey I won't be doing any of them things because we got a lot of football and it's great. Hopefully we can pick up the points over the Christmas period and we can stay in the title race because it'll be great for everybody. We stay in the title race. Also great to see Eduardo coming back because we all love Eduardo. He's brilliant. He's fantastic. I love Eduardo. He's like my brother. And the best thing about Eduardo, he doesn't wear pink boots. So I wish you all a very happy Christmas and a merry new year. And I leave you with a traditional Christmas song from my home country. I Santa Claus, you can't. Where's me fucking boy? My band wrapped all this other junk and there's nothing that I like. I wrote your fucking letter and I come to see you twice. You want out geriatric farts if I got me fucking bite. Ah, one of the holiest of all the Christmas carols, that one. I remember uh, Midnight Mass many years ago when I was made go to Mass singing that one. Uh, I was the only one singing it, in fairness, and I'm not sure I was made go to Mass very often after that. Do you know what happened the other day? I came out of my office, which is upstairs in the house, and I went down the stairs and I noticed a stain on one of the stairs, just on the lip. What would you call it? The lip or the edge of the, the step. And I had a look at it. I was going, it's really weird. There was nothing on any of the other steps. And, and I, I sort of touched it and had a smell. And it was it was dog poo, right? 
Joe obviously went off and washed it and washed my hands and all that kind of stuff. But then I was trying to figure out how did I check my shoes and everything. But how did dog poo get on just one step? I have got no explanation for that whatsoever. Because I didn't step in anything and nobody else had come upstairs. Uh, so it was very odd. How would it just get? And it was like the third step from the top, which is weird as well. So I'm thinking maybe my house is a little bit haunted or something by by ghosts with poo shoes, which is probably not a probably not a usual occurrence. Haunting in itself isn't that usual, but instead of leaving ectoplasm when your ghosts are leaving little chunks of poo on the third step from the top, then you have to start wondering. You have to start asking serious questions. I'm not quite sure to whom I should direct those questions, but I, I I've got them. Like, what the fuck is going on? Why is there poo on my step? There has been no reoccurrence of the the poo step, though. Uh, But I will, of course, keep you entirely up to date. As and when things happen, you, my friends, will be the very first to know. I was just about to leave the office when the guy walked in. Mister, I said, what do you want? It's Christmas Eve. I want to go get loaded. He said, you better come with me. Who the hell are you, I said. I'm the ghost of Christmas future, he said. Well, where are you taking me, I said. Duh, he said. I'm the ghost of Christmas future, not the ghost of Christmas Acapulco. Come on. So we went into the future, and there I was in my own house. Except there were kids there, crawling around the floor. Daddy, 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 look what Santa brought. And there was a wife, Jesus Christ, I had a wife now. She was one swell-looking dame, let me tell you this. She had the kind of figure that'd make Cleopatra stick a snake up her clunge. Ah, this ain't for me, I said. Take me back. He took me back. Why, he said, look at how happy your family was. Why would you throw all that away? Why, I said, because you can't raise children on gimlets and cigarettes. He couldn't argue with that. More from Amari Bishop P.I. on Arscasts in the future. Now, last week I gave you a list of goal scorers. Uh, from a game when Arsenal beat Middlesbrough 7-0. I don't remember who all those goal scorers were now, but there was one missing. And I asked you, which one is missing, please? Uh, This was in order to win a Savile Rogue scarf. Uh, The answer was Philippe Senderos. And the winner of the scarf this week is Grant Lee. Well done to you, Grant. Uh, I'll be on to you to get your address, etc., etc., and hopefully we'll get that sent out to you uh, before Christmas. But who knows? With the Christmas post and rush and everything, we can't promise anything. But there will be a Savile Rogue scarf on the way to you. We have one final Savile Rogue scarf uh, with thanks to our great friends at SavileRogue.com to give you... uh, It's a very simple question. From which club did we sign a Maori Bischoff P.I.? Uh, answers to arscast at arseblog.com. That is arscast at arseblog.com. And uh, we'll give you uh, the answer and the winner on the very next Arscast. I'm not quite sure when it will be, though. We've got such an important fixture list coming up now in the next uh, few days because we've got Liverpool on Sunday and then the traditional um, holiday fixtures come in. We've got Aston Villa away on Friday on St. Stephen's Day, followed very quickly uh, by a game at home against Portsmouth. So maybe... Maybe I'll try and fit in an Arscast, uh, depending on what happens and uh, and everything else in terms of Christmas and availability and, and all that kind of, you know, lying around hungover stuff. 
Um, we'll see what happens. If I can get one out that weekend, I'll do my very best for you. If not, I will get something the following week. Now, Liverpool on uh, Sunday. Team news. Uh, Samir Nasri should be back in the squad, uh, which is good news, uh, provided that he can play and, and then play the next game and not just limp out and, you know. So hopefully he'll be back and hopefully he can get that run of games under his belt because the manager, rather unusually, I was no, I suppose not critical of his injury um, record since he arrived, uh, but highlighted it, which he doesn't normally do. The deficiencies of players, he's not one for talking those up. And Nasri has had five injuries in five months. He's also got five goals, though. Um, so when he's fitting in the team, he does make a difference to us. So we just got to hope that he stays fit. Uh, the usual absentees uh, will be out. Uh, that's Rosicki and Walcott. Colo Toure is uh, out. It looks like Nicholas Bentner has a knee injury as well. Uh, and no Eduardo. While it was good to see him make his uh, comeback, I do think we need to take it as slow as possible. I don't suppose he's going to injure that leg again, but after being out for so long and building up his fitness, chances are he could pick up a thigh strain, hamstring strain like he did uh, in that game. So he's got to sort of build himself up slowly. I don't know that we can be throwing him in at the deep end, no matter how much we might need him. Uh, we've got to be a little bit patient. So uh, that's uh, that's coming up, and that's all the football coming up over the next few days. I do love the uh, the Christmas fixtures, I have to say. It's fantastic. Uh, sitting around... You know, big belly, just oh, Stephen's Day watching the telly. And we're on the telly, and we have been for the last few years, which is brilliant too. So uh, that's about it for this Arscast. So I would just like to take this opportunity to thank uh, each and every one of you for listening or for reading the blog, for all your contributions, your emails, uh, even the ones that give out to me and call me names and things like that. I don't mind, really. I have a thick skin to go with my head, you know. Uh, so thanks to everybody. Uh, I wish you all and your families and everybody you know and uh, your pets and your inanimate objects in your house a very, very, very happy Christmas, uh, a peaceful and prosperous 2009. Uh, so until the next time, take it easy. The man in the bar is on the way after the theme music. Until the next Arscast. Cheers. Bye-bye. It's transfer time And it's time to be afraid This season is poo We let him go And our chances fade And in our world of Arsenal We can sit around and try Throw your arms around the world And transfer time But say a prayer To pray for some transfer fun 
at Arsenal. We hope, but we just sign a one. There's a world outside your window, and it's a world of midfielders. There are good defenders out there, so we should buy one without fear. But the transfer bells that ring there are the clanging. Being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.